All right, welcome everybody to Lit and Lucid podcast episode two. Um, this is uh, Jared and Lucy with Lit and Lucid, the podcast on cannabis and millennials and furthering your dreams and passions. Yeah, and today on our for our first guest, we're going to have Hunter Garth from General Cannabis Corporation. He's one of the first people I actually met in the industry in 2014, so I'm super excited to have him on the show today. And he's just going to kind of go through his background in the industry, what he's been up to, kind of how cannabis is helping him pursue his dreams and his passions in life. And then I think we're going to touch base a little bit more on CBD and its uses for veterans and people with PTSD and things like that. So Hunter, welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you. you. Welcome, my man. Yes. I appreciate you guys putting this together. Um... So, yeah, I got into this space in 2013. Um, I was in the Marine Corps, <clears throat> got out of the Marine Corps, started to work for Merrill Lynch. I had uh, three best friends that I grew up with that all got uh, business and finance degrees and got into Merrill Lynch, and I got none of those things, and they snuck me in the back door, <laughs> and I wore, uh, I wore a suit every day to work, and was in way over my head and kind of hated the job. Uh, picked a spot on the map, Denver was the spot, and moved out here. And then I started a uh, company <clears throat> called Iron Protection Group. In um, late, two th- I say like I started it in 2013, like when you're starting a business, it's not really a business for quite some time. Okay. Um, so I really consider starting it in 2014. Um, I, I thought like security, I thought like the mall cop traditional like shitty security came into cannabis and like I went into a dispensary and I saw a guy with, you know, a big gun and a frown and a stupid uniform and I was like, what is yeah. this cop like lookalike doing here? And uh, so I thought pretty quickly that I could just hire my friends from the Marine Corps so and cool. Like tell them to smile <laughs> and you know communicate appropriately and and, and, it, and that idea for like as elementary as it is like took off That's and we cool. built a pretty big business out of it in 2015 I sold the business to general cannabis and became um, at the time the third largest uh, shareholder in that business and they retained me and kept me there <clears throat> we just started building businesses and buying businesses and uh, now we have this like monstrous holding company right. that yeah, of so different businesses. General Cannabis is publicly traded, right? So yep. they're on the stock market. Um, and then Chieftain, tell us a little bit about Chieftain, because that's a local Denver company. Yeah, Chieftain's so dope. So Chieftain um, <clears throat> has this, the managing director of Chieftain, one of the guys who started is named Brian DeHaven. He is local legend. I mean, he's Denver, like South Broadway, like own a skate shop, like go into a, any bar on South Broadway and they'll buy him a drink. He's, right. he's, he's the nicest guy on the planet. Um, he's a designer and he, him and his partner started uh, just doing this like moderate cannabis centric Colorado-esque clothing line. And I saw them at... The Indo Expo in 2015, yeah. and I walked up to him and was like, "This is so the coolest cool. thing in the world. Come meet with us." We ended up buying their company, 
um, bringing them underneath our, our umbrella, our general cannabis. Um, and those guys just took off. And so now they run two divisions. So one is Cheats in Design, mm -hmm. which is like this design um, and marketing and branding company. Um, and they work with cool. so many people in this industry. And like most people don't even realize the, the, the quality and quantity of, of their clients. Right. Um, and then there's Cheats in Supply, which is their apparel line that just seems to get better and better it's like every time it they is. do something i'm like oh that's, that's terrific so cool. that's better in fact we have in the office in um on evans we have like all the inventory yeah and i, I just went down the other day it was just raiding like i need know? all of these <laughs> like, things i need this i need this yeah. i got some friends coming in this weekend to snowboard oh, machine and text i'm like let yeah. me what all do you need i'm, Can I'm down some here like, and swag? I'm like going out to my car with you know, hands. It's so cool though. It is. It's, it's really, really cool. So for everybody who doesn't know, uh, they're a clothing brand out of Denver. Um, check them out on Instagram, and they're actually now in Tilly's. Tilly's. That's Tilly's. Big, big that's that's awesome. so crazy. Uh, so we we are in thirty stores, um, and I say we because it's just right, like yeah. I'm I'm yeah, prideful, like, I mean, but like <laughs> and the reality of it is like my I've contributed zero work to this effort. Um, other than, you know, like, I, I like Brian a lot. And, right. Uh, so, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, and, I, and I love those guys a lot. Um, and they're in the family. But their work, they are in, in Tilly's. And, and they're in 30 stores right now. I'm a test runner on the online store. Cool. Um, and I got three pictures on um, Tuesday night of people, people in Panama come. City Beach, Florida, oh, wow. at a concert in Chiefs and Gear that they bought from a store, That's from awesome. a Tilly's so store, cool. and that was like one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> and, and Tilly's like created Diamond Supply, right, like they created yeah. exclusivity on a lot right. of these brands and really built them up. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I think Chieftain's on this cusp oh, well. of just exploding. It's, it's exciting. So what did you guys do, what did General Cannabis do for Chieftain to help them? Get to where they're at. It was all real back end, right? I mean, building an apparel, <clears throat> building an apparel business is 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 such an investment. Like any, building any brand, I guess, is the is the truth. It's like it's so forward. The spend is so full, right? And when you look at it from this from the apparel side, there's talent, but there's also like volume. Like you have to be able to push yeah, this out. Yeah. And so, you know, we provided the back end support, like. The accountants, the lawyers, the the office space, the creative—you know—pay for the computers, right. they used to design things, pay for the overhead of staff, um, and and just simply the investment of what it takes to build a business of, of that quality and that caliber. That caliber. Without them, like that's what General Canvas does, though. I mean, we're we're looking at the entrepreneur. I, I think what happens for most people is they go into this. They become entrepreneurs, right? And they're passionate about their problem solving and they're passionate about whatever product they're delivering. And they seem to always forget that like you gotta plug shit into um a you know, payroll and spreadsheet. You know, and <laughs> you can make money off of it. Logistical you know, things. You gotta, do <laughs> the, the, you gotta do the shitty things the actual, that, that back end work. Yeah, and, and so General Canada's model has really been in has been to like purchase the company, support it, let the entrepreneur be the entrepreneur. So the so whenever we buy a company, the entrepreneur stays. Right. That's a big deal That's for us. Awesome. And if, if so, if someone comes to us and says, "Hey, I want to sell this company, and I'm going to move to Mexico and no, sell no. coconuts on the beach," like, 
Yeah, I'm not <laughs> interested. We need the passion. Right. We need the. You guys are kind of like Shark Tank, maybe. Like, yeah. You guys are like being the helpful resource and giving them the things that they would need, but they also right. need to go down the path as well. It's still their passion and their company. Yeah, and I'm like a lot like Barbara. You're like Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a really cool company, um, and it's been a lot of fun, and it, and it really so cool. is just blossoming into this. Uh, it's getting the notoriety it deserves finally. So. So what's the what's in the future for General Cannabis? What do you see in five years? Um, five years, General Cannabis, we, we will be the largest company in, in the cannabis space. And I think that we have this approach. What I found across the country is that you're either too cannabis or you're too business, right? And there's just been this no like blend. And the bigger companies get, the farther they get away from cannabis and the earlier companies that too, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, and so I, I think that as like general cannabis grows and we like building this culture, especially retaining the, the entrepreneurs and having a, a professional back office, we've got this beautiful blend that you just don't see very often. And as it gets bigger and bigger, um, and as we expand to different states, um, we're, we're going to have that balance. But in terms of future for general cannabis, um, a lot of things, you know, I think, I think we, um, become a major real estate holder. I think we are become major distributors. Um, I think that we master, um, the art of building brands and building individual businesses. I think that general cannabis is ultimately going to be a place where if someone says, I want to realize my dream of, you know, selling cannabis, how? And they come to us for our guidance and our resources. Um, and we're just this one-stop shop of brands where you will take care of it across right. the board. Interesting. So you guys primarily focus on ancillary products, or do you guys ever look at taking a footprint back into the legal industry? Sure. We're quite restricted from, from, the, from touching the plant. I mean, we do touch the plant. We manage facilities through one of our subsidiaries, Mexico Crop. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, as, as normalization comes, as legislation falls, we will touch the plant um, in, a, in a significant way. We are buying our time. We're doing things right. We're building out the infrastructure. But we'll certainly be a company that, that is not entirely focused on ancillary businesses. That's cool. I think that's a great portfolio to have too. To be, I mean, it's just like you said, being balanced on the cannabis, the business side. Mm -hmm. um, to be balanced on all aspects of the cannabis business is huge too. Sure. You don't want to be on too much of one end. Um, you know, I use this phrase almost every single day in my job: <clears throat> is that the people who got rich off the gold rush was not the prospectors; right. it was the people selling picks and axes. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a huge need for those companies, professional companies, to uh, establish themselves and and offer, you know, the products and the services and all those things that are needed for all, a lot of these companies that are growing. Sure, sure. And I, and I think that for what it's worth, I, we use that all the time. We, we talk directly about the picks and axes, the picks and shovels of the industry. And we take it one step farther and it's just like, hey, the good guys that sold the picks and shovels made more <laughs> money than the shitty guys. You, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, there's this, this appreciation for culture in our business um that i really think is unmatched so um agree cool um and i, I kind of like that you touched on about how you know even back to this again 
about how businesses are focused either on, you know, they're all cannabis, they're all business. Um, and, you know, I see both sides of working in sales every day. I interact with a lot of those businesses where it's, you know, you know, my big punchline is one day I could be working with a Harvard MBA, the next day somebody who grew in their basement their entire life. Right. And so I have to wear different hats. And it's not even wearing different hats. It's more just being able to approach everybody and, you know, understand where they're coming from. But there has to be that merger in the middle at some point because there's, you know, I see it still daily about how people look at it as, you know, I hate corporate cannabis. And then the other side is corporate cannabis hates the small guys that just don't get the big picture. Right. It's like you both are missing the big picture. we got to combine and make like one culture in the middle. And it sounds like that's kind of what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think we really look at it from a value system. Like, a, 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 you know, like what is our, what are our values? Um, and, you, and, and you look at it from the, the Harvard MBA, you look at it from the guy who's grown cannabis in his basement. And you have to understand that, like, you know, we have people, you know, one of our board members is one of the best known economists in, in the world. Um, and is regularly on CNBC talking about economics, right? Um, another, somebody else in our, in our company grew cannabis in their basement, you know? And so, um, it, it, to your point, I really think it comes down to like, what are you respecting people's value systems? Are you able to communicate with them? And are you the guy who uh, is only interested in you know, million dollar deals? Or are you interested in million dollar people? And, uh, you know, size of business rarely has anything to do with that. Oh, absolutely. So. Uh, you know, and this goes back to something I say every day too is, you know, would you rather have a dollar or a hundred pennies? Um, and that's where, you know, it's not all about making money in this business either. It's about right. establishing the culture. I think that's the biggest part is, you know, all of us sitting here, Lucy, myself, um, and you, Hunter, we all are laying the groundwork for the future right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could go out and, you know, focus on making money, but that's not the big picture. The big picture is establishing the culture. Right. So, yes, people can make money, but also, you know, we can free the plant and develop a sustainable future. Right. Um, and it's all up to us right now to set that tone and lay that foundation. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I also think that, um, you know, I think this is about, for me, it's about job creation. You know, it's mm-hmm. for me, it's about you know, don't don't wake up every day and count pennies. Um, don't wake up every day and check your bank account. Don't wake up every day and go through fifteen different emails. Like, do something for someone. Find a way to create something for someone. Um, take care of other people. And it, it and it seems to always play backwards. You know, it seems like if you if you focus on money, if you focus on a corporate culture, I guarantee you it'll shoot you in the foot. Right. Mm-hmm. If you focus on people and doing things for other people, it seems to play out. And I feel like I've seen that in the industry. I mean, you know, a lot of these companies are bringing each other together. I mean, Jared and I are involved in like some synergy lunches. And what we'll do is just like bring different people in, you know, every time that we think we'll connect. And like every time it's worked fabulously. Like it's been the best connections or like Sunsea Magazine. They're really good at kind of just bringing everybody up and kind of introducing you to the people that you need to be introduced to or, you know what I mean? Yeah, that whole staff over there right, is amazing. <clears throat> that's my go-to like right. Steph or Tyler <laughs> right. or Ron or Tay Leon. like if I'm like looking Leon. for someone I'm like yo <laughs> who, who can I find who do I need to talk to and, and it's and it's always you know five minutes later I so quickly a message on yeah. Facebook or an email introduction and those guys touch everyone 
Right. And that's what I've been trying to do with like Green Love more, you know, really just kind of bringing everybody together and rising everybody up as one, you know, like a lot of there's a bunch of other yoga cannabis instructors and like it's fine. Like we're all doing something different. We're all bringing something different to the table. Like it's okay to support each other and kind of move forward together because that's the only way we're going to make this shift that you're talking about making cannabis sustainable. Like we're at the beginning stages of still legalization. So in 10 years, in 20 years, we are that's a culture that we've already created and we have to create that now at these small grassroots spots to get bigger into like a national level yeah and it has to be like a, it has to be like a hundred of us it right has to be, you know at the end of the day i for what it's worth I, I really am not sure that i believe that the cannabis industry is going to be this you know fair loving spot for ten thousand people right. to participate in i really think it's going to be this like beautiful unspoken agreement between a hundred people who have been working together and communicating together, um, who actually make the change. Right. I mean that that's what happened with legalization. Right. I mean, Definitely, there's some old school players. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a community too. Everybody's just focused on the same goal, and that's the main thing. Is you got to find a team and, and move forward because there's a, there's a definitely a group of us that are focused on what we want to see out of it, and it's going to be those people who you know, have the power and the passion to, put, to push you through and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else who's maybe focused on, you know, the illegal aspects of it or, or doing people wrong or not doing it the right ways, those guys are going to be left behind. Um, but I think, you know, when it all, you know, the dust settles, it's going to be a very strong group of people that have really good intentions. Right. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I think cannabis probably does that to all of us. It probably brings the best side of right. each of us out. <laughs> so hopefully... Right. Well, awesome. All right, should we switch gears maybe and talk about CBD? Let's do it. Okay, so we've got a vapor slide here. Um, We have these here in the Lit Yogi studio, but this one's filled with CBD distillate. So uh, we're going to get lit here. Y'all that are listening can get lit if you'd like as well. Uh, But we're just going to talk about the benefits of CBD. I like to use it a lot during meditation and my yoga practice just because you get that mental clarity instead of, you know, that more psychedelic, uh, psychoactive feeling you're going to get from the THC. So I really enjoy the benefits of it. I know Jared has a strong background in CBD, and I think we're going to kind of relate that back to some of Hunter's experience with the veterans um, and PTSD issues and things like that so we're going to just explore that topic next yes i mean honestly i could probably sit here for three hours and talk about cbd um probably more than that honestly um a little bit of my background was in university i helped start up the institute of cannabis research Uh, and the first project we were tasked with was trying to find a mechanism of interaction or a mechanism of action for cbd and how it works in the body or in the brain mainly, and um, basically helps with uh, individuals with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, you know, going into it, I thought, oh man, you know, we're going to have to rewrite all these books and try to do all this research because there's nothing out there because that's kind of the way the government and everybody else acts is that, oh, there's no research on cannabis and we don't know anything about it, blah, blah, blah. Well, in the first month, I had, you know, stacks, probably five foot tall of different research papers that I found on the internet on CBD or through academic journals that were kind of hidden away and made me realize that there's plenty of research out there on, you know, not only cannabidiol, but all kinds of different cannabis uh, um, constituents and um, THC and different medical studies on its benefits and all that good stuff. Um, so pretty quickly, I realized that 
you know, the research is out there. And a lot of my job is not going to be sitting in a lab somewhere, you know, researching any further. It's more just reading those papers, understanding it, and then spreading the knowledge to other people to let them know that, hey, half the research has already been done. It's just up to us to educate the people on it. Um, after that, I started really getting into PTSD, and that's when everything changed for me. It turned more from just, you know, educating to get out, you know, the news about cannabis to more trying to help the huge amount of people that actually have PTSD that were just stepping forward left and right. You know, I started just going out and, and um, talking to people about what I was doing, and it was crazy how quickly people started calling me and emailing me and asking, you know, what do you know? You know, what can I help with? And that's what was huge. It started showing me that, hey, there's a huge population out there that needs not only my help, but a lot of other people's help on this, and uh, we have to try to find a solution or find out a way to educate them on CBD and cannabis and all the different parts. Um, what do you see, Hunter? Um, I, you, you know, this is a... Uh, I'll be as truthful as I possibly can. I've always looked at cannabis ignorantly in the idea that um, I just I haven't found a lot of interest in the science of it, right? Um, and I've just been so hyper focused on the business of it that I've that I've missed out on this you know what I've learned over the last two years of, um, of it but the truth is is that I've looked at PTSD and cannabis and the relation to which is like diet and exercise right. um, like you need one with the other to, to have this like effective approach and the way that I've looked at it is just from purpose right so I've looked at PTSD um, because of my experience in the Marine Corps and, and my own dealings with PTSD, um, you know, the first thing that really set me on, on track to being you know, what I would consider reasonably healthy in this process was purpose. And that was you know, building a business, hiring my friends, having some sort of responsibility. When I was going through um, counseling, um, you know, one of the things they were like, get a dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, take care of something, so something anything, yeah, do, like, and so I understood the purpose part pretty easily, and it's been the last three weeks um, that I have, it's because I, I was smoking cannabis or eating cannabis every single day, right, um, and before I go to bed, especially, um, in these last three weeks, I have not been, because I have to take a drug test at the end of the month, um, and so... That's this has really been the education curve for me. This has really been the time where I have felt like I've been really, really healthy, 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 healthy. Stop and was like, oh shit, right. what is going on? Um, and the last three weeks, I've I've seen a huge change myself for the negative. Um, and so I don't have enough education to feel comfortable saying this piece of science, this piece of science. But I do have this like experience <laughs> where. Without it, yeah. Prove me wrong, right? It's like this is what's happening to me. This is what so. I like, do. how are you feeling? Like, are you feeling like more irritable or like yeah. tired? Yeah. So my temper like... has been, um, which has really just been all right. Short fuse has always just been the symptom of of me in general, my process. Um, I'm definitely more irritable. I can't sleep at night. I I haven't had nightmares um, from my own dealings for three years, four years, last three weeks, I've like woken up 
multiple times with night terrors. Um, the other night I woke up and couldn't breathe wow. for like 10 seconds. Um, yeah, I haven't been eating well. I, um, I've like, I've mentally noticed the, the creep in depression where you're just like, all right, dude, yeah. stop. You know, like, what, what is the, you know, why do you feel this way? And of course, some of that is just the experience of like, I assume, of just stripping it from um, like the your everyday activity, like, right? Yeah. And I don't want to, like, withdrawal seems like, like such a challenging like word. And, right. I, and I've had this conversation, like, um, I had this conversation with my best friend the other day. Like, withdrawal seems like such a challenging word because I'm not sure that there's any sort of like physical connection to it. But also, like, mentally, this is happening to me, yeah. right? Like, I feel this creeping up on me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think good timing for the podcast. All right. So, because, <laughs> in fact, on the drive over here, I was talking to Robert, who is the CEO of, uh, of General Cannabis, and I was like, man, this is, like, yeah. I can't wait to start <laughs> back. Because, and, and, and also people in my life have been like, yo, what What's about that drug you? test? <laughs> like, yeah, What's that yeah. drug test? Like you seem stressed out. You look like you haven't slept in days, right. and um, and it's been it's been a weird transition for sure. So yeah, I call it more of a transition, maybe. Yeah, I think transition is probably a good That's word. A good word. Um, I'm just ready to transition back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. well, that's cool because I think. Um, you know, and this is what I realized with the science is you can sit there and write as many scientific journals as you want, put big names in it and mm-hmm. talk scientific, but does the general public understand that? No, right. they don't. So the best way to ever teach people about cannabis and CBD and PTSD is actually through experience because people will relate to that experience and say, hey, you know, I feel the same way as Hunter. I've experienced right. the same thing. And that's what creates social change is people experiencing and connecting on either physical or emotional level to what you have experienced. And for one, I think there's, you know, a number of benefits. They say, okay, great. You validate that experience for them because they feel like they're not alone. And that's huge to a lot of people because a lot of people go through this. There's so many stigmas attached to mental illness and depression and PTSD. The people don't want to talk about it. Right. And so the more people that talk about it and put it out there and say, hey, you all experience the same thing, people will get relief just from that to realize that, wow, I'm not alone. There's other people who experience this. And then it starts creating this, effect where people will start sharing their stories and not everything is going to work for everybody but somebody can take a piece from you know john and a piece from susan and a piece from hunter and put yeah. it all together and create their own like care package to yeah. help themselves and, and you know it's i don't think people talk about it enough but yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder right and, and so you know my just uh, capabilities of managing stress usage without usage when i when i first got home from afghanistan Kind of at the height of this, which was a bit was a time in my life where I like really negated, you know, the Marine Corps. It's like you, you don't talk about your right, yeah, you don't, you know, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and it was also an earlier time, you know, this is 2011, and, and of course it's a big topic. Um, I don't think it is near what it has been in the last three years. Um, but one of the things that I always noticed, like, and talked about. Um, quite a bit with family and friends was, look, it's not the activity of what I was doing or what I experienced. It's the, like, I come home and can't find a parking spot in Walmart and it just, just like, like, you know, it just gets under my skin or like, you know, I, I can't sit in front of this computer and try to do my taxes because 
it's too much, right? And, and, and just the ability to manage stress. And so the inability to manage stress plays a role on people's life in a way that is remarkable, right? We, we know that it affects you, your health. Um, we know that it affects uh, the way you interact with people. We know it affects um, communication skills, relationships. And so if you look at it from even completely outside of any sort of scientific conversation, and you can say, cannabis helps me manage my stress better. You can not deny that it is effective for PTSD, right? right. Like you, it, it's literally, you can't right. deny that. Right. So that's been... Um, I really like that. that yeah, cool. that's been the... That's cool. It's been the thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I've seen too, is that we had people... There's a gentleman who actually came and joined our lab. I mean, he did nothing but just be there for like emotional support to tell us that, you know, hey, you guys, you know, I'm living proof that this works. So, you know, keep finding, keep digging, keep researching, keep trying to find the answer to how this works so that other people like me can find the relief. Right. Um, and I mean, he stood up many times and told us the stories and told us exactly what happened. A lot of it was crazy flashbacks of, you know, like dreams or nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, and he vividly pictured stuff every single time. And this was 30 years later after he was out of Vietnam yeah. and still picturing these extremely vivid memories. Um, and I think one thing that actually helped him was once we actually got to the science was actually, you know, like I talked about, you know, validifying your experience. It was validifying that, Hey, there's actually a physical change in the brain that takes place with this stuff too. So it's not people just coming up and bullshit and saying, that, Oh, I'm having these crazy dreams. Give me some pills. Right. It's more like this is a real thing that is actually it's measurable in the brain. And on top of that, we were doing studies to show that cannabis, you know, dampens that measurable change in the brain and actually helps rewire the brain um, effectively to extinguish it. Right. And that's what we got into after that was fear extinction and um, really kind of studying the hippocampus is where a lot of your memories are stored and then tying that to the amygdala to where your amygdala is what gives you that stress response. Um, and a lot of my personal study was on these, uh, you know, these cells called ITC cells, intercalated cell masses, that were basically a gating mechanism. And it was right at the end of my studies, right before I graduated, that I found a pretty definitive link with, you know, GABA. And it's funny, gabapentin is a huge um, medication for PTSD people to control anxiety and stuff like that. And I found a link where CBD... And THC interacts with these GABA neurons, and I thought, well, well, there you go. There's a physical link right. now, right. and that's where you know it's probably interacting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just like further validified to me that hey, you know, there's something there. There's something real. These people aren't bullshitting. These people aren't lying. And then here's your proof that you know, if you guys want proof, here it is. The cannabis actually works. And it kind of feels like that early on, right? Like it kind of feels like we get it, dude. Like you need cannabis for your glaucoma, right? Or, like because you have like pain and. And, like, everyone has to go through this process. Everyone has to go through this, like, self-education process where um, they're capable of saying, like, okay, there are properties here right. that make the quality of life um, go up. Right. right? But I, I, went, I went through the same thing where I was like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I like weed, too. All right. You know, and, and, and now when you're going through an experience like this, you're like, it's no, been, it's something it's different like, oh, okay, than that. Hey, yeah. like, I'm going to need my cannabis back. Yeah, Thanks. Stop what you're doing and listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, like this is a serious right, thing. Right. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's even so many other things. I just recently had an employee of mine um, get diagnosed with leukemia, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until you know two months ago where he started working more and couldn't actually you know use cannabis as much that the symptoms started coming out. And it wasn't until he got diagnosed that he started reflecting back, and he's like, "Holy cow, cow Jared! Um, you know, the symptoms did not become so bad until I stopped smoking cannabis." And he even told the doctors that. And what did the doctors finally tell him was? Well, you know, we've seen a remarkable change with cannabis. And once you're done with chemotherapy, we re- recommend you get on to uh, RSO oil, Rick Simpson oil, right. which is full of different cannabinoids and full plant extract and basically a cannabis product. And that's the first time I've ever heard of a, you know, a, a tough-nosed doctor at a hospital say, you know, you should probably go back to cannabis after this because I do think, you know, it helps you. We saw that. We have the data. Right? Yeah. Well, and it, I think a lot of those chemo patients need it to even get through the what's going on. I mean, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, there's that. There's so many other parts. You know, the appetite, the appetite, you know, increase, and cannabis helps with. Um, but even beyond that, there's still so much stuff we don't know. You know, why did cannabis suppress these symptoms of leukemia? I mean, maybe he still had it. Maybe it wasn't killing the cancer. But either way, it was still suppressing all these symptoms he had. Mm-hmm. And how how did that happen? And that's you know, I don't really know if. You know, we definitely need to study it for sure. sure. But at the same time, we can't sit and wait for science to catch up. Because me being in the academic community, that's why I got out. Because I started realizing, okay, I'm going to go study these ITC cells, but it's going to be 10 years before anybody else Something finds out about happens, it. Because yeah. I still got to publish it, put it in an academic journal, hope somebody finds it, hope somebody understands <laughs> and reads it. Like it. Like and then they got to go research it again and get funding for it. It's a 10-year process. So why sit around and wait, you know, right. go and start educating now? Yeah, or like, how we should all feel start using cannabis now. The worst thing that could happen is it's better than everything else. Right. So, it's um, better than some other alternatives. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, you know, ties back to the whole podcast thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of millennials out there. This is kind of our generation and our age group that is starting to recognize that, you know, we're not our parents' generation where, you know, they turn to alcohol and hard drugs and things of that nature. I think we're trying to find this more holistic approach, looking for, you know, organic foods, non-GMO foods, vegans, vegetarians. Yeah. It's this whole kind of movement. I'm a vegan, by the way. I know you are. So, like... Our generation is the generation that's like, you guys are full of shit. Yeah, like we have to do something bad. else. Our education system is bad. Right. Our justice system is bad. And nobody wants to talk about it. Um, I don't think cannabis gets to separate itself from any of those. No. Topics, you know? No, it's in all of them. Exactly. So I think, you know, and this is totally off topic, but it still fits the podcast, is understanding millennials. Because I think we just passed that cusp where we are the dominating generation now in the world and so I think at some point people have to stop hating on us and realize that hey you know the millennials are here to stay we probably should start listening to these people because you know they're not lazy they're not uneducated they're one of the most educated generations we've ever had Um, and they're not going to take no bullshit no more they're going to you know they're going to seek the truth on their own and they're going to speak the truth once they find it dude it's it's um, I I equate like millennial education or intelligence to be so correlated to the internet. And the facts are that I can tell you like how many live Florida Panthers are in, are still alive. You know what I mean? Like I can tell you that how many there are in the wild within the next 20 seconds, right? But like my grandfather couldn't do that. And I know that's a pretty shitty example of education, but like Panthers aren't any different than having access to an academic journal, right? So you can say whatever you want about the generation, but our 
ability to access information. information, information and data and make rational decisions to build things based off of that is unmatched by any generation until our kids get our age. Right. So, and they're going to be surpassed us. Yeah, you can't argue it. Yeah. That's a Louis Armstrong. Yeah, this is super corny of me. This is like the cheesy side of it. <laughs> uh, uh, what a Wonderful World, you know that song? Yeah. Where he says, um, he talks about the babies and he says, they'll know much more than I'll ever know. That line always sticks out to me because it's like, it's they true. Will. They're going Every to generation that comes yeah. is just going to be smarter than the next. So right. say whatever you want, people who destroyed the housing market. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it is what it is. Absolutely. We are living in their mess now. Right. <laughs> you know, they won't get out of the way to let us yeah. fix it yet. So we'll have but it'll time. always be a mess, right? Because like, there will always be a better way than even what right. we figure out. Yeah, so. they're going to have issues with yeah. what we've been doing. Exactly. Yeah, sure. All right. The progression of human nature. So. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, should we wrap it up? Yeah. You think? Do you have more? You guys have? Our camera wrapped it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we touched on a lot right there. Uh, this is the first of many, so I'm sure we'll uh, have a lot more information to share in the future. But we appreciate your time and your information and your passion and dedication and all that, Hunter. Sure. I yeah. certainly appreciate being here with you guys. Um, and very fun conversation. Yeah, I think it's just cool to have, you know, different people come onto the show and share their stories and, you know, their viewpoint and we can all learn from one another. And I appreciate you being our first guest. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, happy, happy to. And we'll return a favor. For sure. Oh yeah, Hunter has a podcast too. Check him out. Yeah, it's called Garbage Time and it's not up yet. <laughs> but so if you want to listen to like three it. plus hours. If you want to listen to three hours of us talking about... Uh, the cannabis suppositories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh. anyway. so check them out on iTunes. Too. Yeah, there you go, right? So, All right. Yeah, thank you guys. Well, appreciate it. Yeah, take care. See you guys next week.